0: Welcome back to the Devin Kershaw Show. I'm Nat hers I'm a former Faster Skier reporter who's gonna be helping out with the podcast this year. This week, we've got Devin on the line to talk about the first races of the season, mainly in Finland and also here in Alaska where I live. We also bring Canadian ski racer, Russell Kennedy to talk about what it's like on the ground over in Europe. If you've got questions, email Devin at devin@fasterskier.com. At We'll start with a sponsorship and then we'll get straight to it. This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Mount Bachelor Nordic Center. Located outside beautiful Bend, Oregon, the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center has 56 kilometers of daily groomed Nordic trails. With a season that typically runs late November until the end of May, Mount Bachelor has one of the longest Nordic seasons in North America. The Nordic Center hosts a full rental fleet, various instructional classes for all ages and abilities, an on-site retail store, and the cozy Nordic Cafe. So be sure to check out this winter wonderland this season. To learn more about tickets, passes, and resort amenities, go to mtbachelor.com. Okay, so uh, I'm Nat Herz. I am here replacing uh, the irreplaceable jason albert who's um clearly moved on to better things i heard he may have a private jet um i'm here with uh canada's and now norway's finest devin kershaw who is the namesake of this podcast and will be taking you through the twenty one, twenty two 22 uh world cup and olympic season of cross-country ski racing um good to be here devin
1: oh dude so good to have you on board i mean it's a scrappy podcast we're not gonna lie the viewers that viewers sorry listen to me uh, we're not that high tech, but the the listeners at home they know how scrappy it can be. So Jason will be sorely missed. Maybe we'll have to get him back on it as a guest, um, a guest uh, guest host or something one of these times, or, or be back in the mix. But you know he's got a new gig going, and you know I don't think he's going to miss getting up at the butt crack of dawn to watch World Cup ski races and then smash out a bunch of race reports and interviewing people. And then you know he lives in Bend. There's a lot of sun, but there's also a lot of kick-ass snow and the guy is is, 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 is way back to skiing and I know that there's been a lot of days that uh he was struggling he was struggling to talk Nordic skiing when the powder was so good good yes
0: well I can say I um my friends and I appreciated your uh willingness to audible from yesterday so we could go shred like 18 inches of blower pow things are pretty good here um so oh you bastards you you guys are i love it i love hearing those stories because right now
1: norway like southern norway here is like it's it's not it's not awesome it's um you know you're gonna get some world cup organizers pretty stressed i think i mean it's it's Mm -hmm. warm it's too warm not a lot of snow down down in the southern part of norway here i'm in lillehammer uh which is the world cup supposed to be here in three weeks i'd love i would check my watch but it's in three weeks and like i i don't know it's you got a lot of safe snow and stuff but it's Hasn't been as cold as uh, everyone would like in this part of the world.
0: Well, I feel like we should get to, um, you know, I, as much as all these listeners are, would, would really love to hear my, you know, glory days, tales of um, backcountry skiing, um, I'm guessing they are probably tuned in to hear about. Cross-country skiing, World Cup, Olympic, you know, lead up. Um, I do wonder if, you know, like in honor of past years, like, you know, do you have like one really quick like anecdote from your summer of like epic day or miserable day or (laughs) lessons learned or best World Cup memory from five years ago on this date? Or maybe we should just get right
1: to it. No, we can get right to it, but you know what I think is fun? So Russell Kennedy, a good friend of mine, a member of the national team, the Canadian national ski team, he's going to jump on here in not so long. He's going to take us through Munio, and then for those Americans or Canadians that are listening and don't understand – like, why are we talking about a fist race? And it's fair. Like, I get it. Like, well, who, let's who let, cares? I'm, I'm
0: going to interrupt but, and but. sort of introduce folks to that. So it's like Monio is yeah. like, it's it's like, what's the, it's like, it's like, you know, Arizona, it's like Tucson or, um, you know, Palm Beach of like spring training uh, you yeah, know, for baseball. Yeah. It's his first fist races of the year. Some in the middle of nowhere, Finland. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So, so, and that's what I think is cool to get Russ's perspective. He's there, he had some great races. We'll take it. will we'll get his perspective, but just to give like the people at home that aren't just mega dorks, um, and those that are mega dorks bear with me, I'll try and keep it tight. But the fact of the matter is, this is a huge season. It's just super important Olympic season and the big teams. It's hard to qualify, man. It's, it's freaking hard to qualify. If you're a Russian to get on the world cup and you need to get on the world cup, if you want to make the Olympics. And it's the same with the Norwegian team. Huge team, a lot of depth. These early season races—they weren't in Munio because that's in Finland—and they're all prepping for Bita Stolen, which is next weekend, which is the second weekend of fist races before the Cup starts in two weeks in Ruka. But these races are for North American. Like, who cares? But in the for the big teams, you got to show yourself. You can't come out of the gate and be a bum because then quickly you're going to be. You're going to be out of the game. You have to wait till your national championships which happen in January. So you're going to be racing on the B circuit or or the C circuit, um, and watching all your teammates crush. And man, your Olympic dream is going to start ripping in the rearview mirror pretty quickly. And I mean, you better have some damn good mirrors because those images do not appear closer than you think. There, your the, your your chances to make the Olympics go down dramatically for those big teams. So there is actually couple great storylines. It's also great too, to like check in, like how are guys doing? You know what I mean? And um, yeah, how is their shape right under the, I know it's right under the gun. A lot of things change, but like, you know, Ustigov, I know we'll get to that, but like people that know Sergey Ustigov, guy was beasting in Munio, man. Totally. And like, it's good to see him back there.
0: Well, so can we start actually, I'm interested in this one point. Um, I was talking to some folks here in Alaska this past weekend, like, are the quotas that teams can bring to Beijing for the Olympics this year smaller than usual, or do we? Is it? Are you just sort of referring to it being extra competitive? Because I've heard that the U.S. guys quota is like you know they're like literally four or five spots for guys, and that's it. Um, I mean, is that sort of international, like worldwide, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, the U.S. is on the men's side is a lot lower than the big teams, just because the U.S. men just haven't performed a, a great right. level in the men's side for a while. But uh, Gus, you're a beast. you were awesome last year, and there's a lot of like Norris, dude, awesome. Like, I'm not saying people sucked. I'm just saying compared to Norway, which is one through ten in every World Cup, they they get more quota spots for the Olympics. But what is? So yes, of course, the Olympics is to answer your question. Like the Olympics is. Um, you have, you are limited. You are limited with the amount of athletes you can bring to the championship. Uh, but what is super limiting is the World Cup. You only get six starts for the men on a normal World Cup weekend. Mini tours, you get a few more. Um, or the tour to ski, you get a few more as well. But in a normal World Cup, you know, it used to be you get eight men or eight women for the big teams. And now you only get six. So that, that, that has a huge effect on these early season races because these guys are Fighting tooth and nail to get a start on the world cup and then getting that start in the world cup is that first ticket to performing on the world cup and then getting one of those few spots at the Olympics, like you said. So if the American men have like, let's say they have what uh, well, you said four to five spots off the top of your head. Um, the, you know, the Norwegian men, they're, they're limited to like, for sure they can't take more than 10 men. And like, you have sprinters, you have spares, you have relays, you have a lot of stuff. I've actually heard it could be as little as like eight or nine men that, but it has to do with their world ranking as well so in that that changes a little bit before the olympics here because the, the olympic qualifying period continues, continues
0: yeah so it's but basically it's like you know this season it, you know if if you're at the elite like world cup level it's like you're you're either you know you're either like a Clybo or a jesse diggins and like you don't really have to worry about the world cup like, yeah. But if you're if you're anywhere below that level, it's like you got to be performing off of the bat to to be able to even participate in the races where you're going to be making the case that you deserve to be on this team that's going to, um you know, everyone's favorite Olympics in China this year. Yeah, exactly. No, but you, but it's
1: it, it sounds funny. Because you're like, yeah, okay, claybow should get a pass. But I'm telling you, man, he's big. claybow kind of does get a pass because you know he's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, When's the last time he lost the sprint? Like, never. So yeah. he's good. Okay. But, but still, you know, there's a lot of big-name players that are on these teams. Like, Ustigov is by no means safe, not even close. I mean, he, he's got to show up, and he's got to show up big, and he's got to show up early because there's so many Russians. And that's what making men's racing super boring is that there's really just two teams that battle back and forth every weekend ru- on the world cup, Russia, Norway, but on those teams, there's a huge amount of depth and, you know, like Milushenko, Yakamushkin, Chavotkin Spitsov. I mean, God, we could go on and on. Like they're good. Yeah. Speaking of the devil. Yeah. Listen to this. Who just came on? Who just came on board here? The Russ man.
0: Yeah. I think he's still connecting, but, uh, do you want to maybe, Oh, here we go. We got, uh, yeah. got Russell Kennedy. Maybe he can hear me. Can you hear us, yeah. Russie?
1: Yeah, I can introduce Russie. So yeah. we're really yeah, pumped. Can. Yeah. Welcome, Russ. Welcome to the scrappiest podcast this side nope. of the Atlantic. Well, actually, we're on two sides of the Atlantic right now, I think, and almost like on the Pacific Coast too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're stoked to have yeah. Russell Kennedy of the Canadian team joining us here to take us through Muno. Russ, before you got on, we introduced a little bit the backstory about some of these fist races before the world cup and how important they are for the bigger teams especially for qualifying to get world cup starts and that kind of thing but they are also important for you guys the canadians or you know americans they're not there right now but still um pre-races before yeah. the world cup are important but for a totally different reason so where are you now Rob? Uh,
2: we just returned to yalavari is that true yeah yeah, yeah we're here we're in yalavari uh we're just uh here to some of the juniors are gonna race i'm taking the weekend off uh yeah. we have a lot of races coming up so it's mm-hmm. good to have a weekend image off you know uh, <laughs> as i make sure you experience with period one but yeah super stoked to be on the podcast and yeah, y- yeah
0: great to have you yalavar is yeah. northern northern sweden where they also have some early races and and russell maybe like just like tell us a little more about yourself like how old are you where are you from where do you grow up skiing
2: yeah for sure i'm uh i'm 30 years old i actually grew up in california in in Truckee, and i moved up to canada in 2010 uh initially to get better fist points and race with the university of utah but uh it went pretty well and i i guess i chose skiing (laughs) for university (laughs) not your typical story but yeah, I've been skiing ever since with uh, Kershey and Harv and Len. So it's been a great, great 10 years. I guess 11 now.
0: So do you bleed maple syrup and say A at this point or not really?
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's
0: more Ontario, but
2: uh,
1: I bleed oil, <laughs> I guess, in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, anti, like anti-COVID, like anti you know, like anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. bleed anti vaccination. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not really, but yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, just, I play my part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Nice. Well, you have a truck. So there you go. There's that. Yeah. 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 I have a, a
2: 1960, no, 1996 Toyota T100. So, on the board. Some California legacy up with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <nice. laughs> Fit right in.
0: Well, do you guys want to take us through? Um, there were, th- am I right? There were three races in in Woneo and yeah, let's let's. Yeah, go. I can
1: take it through because, like, I've been there, and it's kind of fun. Like, it's kind of fun to like it's a blast from the past for me too. Because, like, you know, I've been texting with some of these really young kids that Russ is, uh, <clears throat> is traveling with, with like Xavier McKeever or or like Remy Drolan. I'm like, oh man, how's the bleakness of Finland and like the <laughs> horrendous food and like just is it like does it suck and they're like no man it's awesome here it's so good and I'm like (laughs) am I taking crazy pills I'm taking crazy pills because like last time I was in Munio, it was one of the most depressing places it's like all they have
0: there is like reindeer (laughs) and snow if
1: that you can't see them though like when I was there I couldn't see the reindeer because it was so goddamn foggy and you had like two hours of quote-unquote daylight a day I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit but it was really foggy so we did have a lot of great natural snow and and russ like you guys have had absolutely lit conditions it sounds like all the training trails are open and and it's been really good skiing and and you guys even had clear skies which blows my mind i didn't even know that was possible at this time of year
2: yeah like i mean i keep biting my tongue because i'm like yeah like just be prepared it's gonna be dark you know it's like cloudy it's foggy and they have just got the most perfect conditions <laughs> like, it was the most sunny I've ever seen it this year well sunny like it's you're in the northern circle so you see it for it's low in the sky you know and it's behind the mountain but yeah insane conditions and uh there's actually yeah, so like, so yes, good travel, yeah yeah sorry uh when it's good conditions it's like 300k well plus of just like amazing tourist trails out there so yeah it's been insane and i think someone complained about the food because like everything i tell them has just been insanely better so i don't know what's
1: going on but yeah i love it so you guys got there like a week ago right and prepared for these for these races and you're you're heading like you you mentioned earlier you're heading over to the to start the world cup with with team canada and that starts in ruka also in northern finland in two weeks uh, um and then there's some juniors or younger skiers there as well that aren't doing the World Cup from Canada. But you guys are there skiing for a week, and then you have these three races. And, like, can you paint a little bit of a picture? Because, like, when I was there and I raced in Muno, and there's a big deal. Like, Russia comes over with, like, the whole Red Army. I don't know, man. There's so many Russian suits. Like, when I was in Muno, it's like, holy crap. The Russian, their training. And then, of course, the Finns. These are important races for the Finns as well and, and it has a feel of, like it's a big deal like these are big name skiers that show up at these races and we can get into that but but uh, yeah. you're used to it probably russ because you've been there a couple times but like can you paint a little bit of a picture of like what the racing scenes like for for those that are used to like seeing norams or racing at norams or, or that kind of thing like what's the vibe there
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, they're huge races. Like everyone's prepping for their big World Cup qualifier or yeah, like Russia's there with their full wax truck. Germany's there with their full wax truck. The U S team actually showed up the wax techs. We are not sure what they were doing, but wax techs were there. Um, and the, uh, Finns are usually there with their wax truck. It was just Evo and a couple this time, but, and, uh, we're kind of always joking because we're just waxing in the basement but then there's also a bunch of norwegians that are there like Valness and and uh, they kind of use it as a primer for bido which is their big qualifier for world cup so it's kind of this like um just everyone testing their form and i think for the russians it's a qualifier for world cup so they're all super on um and like germans did a big training camp beforehand and they're prepping as well so it's it's just a very high level of competition right off the bat and with like the stakes being world cup on the line everyone's on fire you know you're watching bolshenoff or uh ustiagov yakimushkin just hammering out intensity and it's yeah it's full-on world cup basically just at a fist level yeah no that's cool and that,
1: that that's my i mean that was my it hasn't changed that much in all those years since I was there, yeah. <laughs> racing. No. yeah. Uh, so, but it is—it's—it's it's an interesting vibe because they, everyone's kind of checking each other out too. Like, like you said, like you're seeing everyone else hammer out intensity testing skis. You're testing skis, and yeah, caught up. Like, there's a real excitement in these early races, and I think it's cool that you guys were there and uh, and did the races. And then, so there's three races, like like Nat said, you had uh, the sprint then a 15k classic and then a 15k skate on on sunday and um man like we saw some pretty big performances like we can go through the women really quick yeah, because i know this isn't a world cup so we're not going to go in depth with everything here like it's not yeah, that yeah, important yeah, yeah. no totally. but, on, but, on, yeah. but on the women's side of things like you know I thought it was really cool to see the Germans performing well, like Laura Gimler and, and like Victoria Carl, too, back up. She's had some tough seasons now, and, and she was world junior champion a number of seasons ago, and she was racing onto the podium. Laura Gimler has some top tens in the World Cup, and uh, she came away with the sprint win. And then Krista Parmakowski sneaking out a win on sunday uh that's good for her confidence that's good for the finnish fans hopefully she's back on top form neprieva's in there mixing it up that's what we're used to seeing that i mean these are all names that people that follow cross-country skiing will will recognize because these are big name players on the on the world well neprieva and and uh parmakowski at least are are big name players serena too serena the russian upstart from last year that was so good she was racing really well she's had some injury trouble so that was cool and then on the men's side like you said russ like it's just deep with russians and i mean like they really did like a smackdown I- i'd like to get yeah. your like perspective being on the ground like i mean you qualify for the heats that was great we had a couple we had yeah. three guys in canada qualify for the heats which is which is good and then you finished fourth in your heat in in the sprint yeah. which is that's a solid outing right out of the gun sprints are a little yeah. harder to find your form when you're not used to it uh, early yeah. in the season but ustyagov <laughs> Like he really like smacked everyone around and like Valnes, dude, like silver medalist at the World Championships off the podium. But like, yeah. Can but you just also, talk us through talk us through your race a little bit, and then talk us through like the final a bit? Like, what did you see out there? Yeah. Well, first
2: off, it's a, it's really hard. I don't know how well you remember it, but uh, it's it's an interesting sprint course because it uh, it starts with an uphill. So, like right off the bat, like yeah, the, the, the start is lower than the finish. So you start with this huge uphill right off the bat um, that kind of is your main elevation gain. And so it's a super intimidating start where you have to like climb and jostle super hard for position because it, then it's that determines really where you're going to end up quite a bit for the rest of the race. Like you have to be in the top three out of off the top of first hill. And uh, yeah, like I was super stoked on our dudes. They all skied quite well like like I said we're kind of waxing in the basement like Brian McKeever's here and Nish and we're like we were testing skis and like we're competing with the Russian wax truck you know so (laughs) to have skis that are in the game on the day was like a win already for us and then um, yeah like to be jostling with those I think is super good for those younger guys just to feel the level of like even the low like Norwegians you haven't heard before Russians you haven't heard before are super good like we talk about fist points in the u.s and canada being kind of a big deal but here you're like someone with worse fist points and you can lay a beating on you if that makes sense um but yeah and then in the final i was kind of confused what happened because vomus was so dominant in qualifier like
0: he won by seven seconds like what yeah
2: yeah Yeah, like he Yeah, I watched him start and I was like, oh my, I'm not at that level. <laughs> you know, I watched him go up the hill, I was like, oh god, I
0: forgot about that. That's, that. You know, he did say that when he saw you go up the hill, though, too. So. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like to think that. <laughs> but uh, I think that it really came down to, it started snowing for the final. And I think that what part of what happened there was Bonus picked a... Uh, a track that was full of snow in the finishing stretch, because okay. it was a head-to-head sprint. And I think he is still super strong. Like I would definitely keep my eye out for him on Ruka weekend. I wouldn't count him out by any means. But also, all those Russians, like I said, this is their World Cup qualifier, and they're yeah. like they're on for yeah, sure. Know, There's for no sure. doubt. It's like, like
0: you you got to Usti prof-
2: was Usti looked like he walked through the qualifier. Like he 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 looked like he was chilling and waiting for the final. <laughs> so, you know. But yeah, it's a it was it was a fun race to be a part of and uh yeah, I mean, it's it's such a tactical, it's an interesting course and it's super good for us, I think like anyone who has a chance to race it should, but I think Bonnes really picked that wrong lane and it he he
1: kind of let off at the last like 50 meters or whatever, so okay, it was kind of like he knew he's like and like now, I'm just gonna kind of mail it in.
2: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's too worried about his form. He knows off <laughs> yeah. the qualifier he's got.
1: No, 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 no. I, I of course, yeah. I knew he wouldn't be worried. About, and it's not like he's getting beat by guys that are no good. I mean, he's getting beat by Ushakov. Yeah. He's getting beat by Pellegrino, who's a world champion. They're both world champions. Like, yeah, yeah. These yeah. guys are these guys are for real. But I thought it was interesting. And and uh, like you said, it's so cool to see the young Canadians get a chance and mix it up with uh Richie and and Russie uh, well Rossi, you're here on the podcast yes. but, uh, <laughs> Rick, Remy. I meant to say Remy I've got a little bit of a cold I've got a little bit of a cold Russ my head's a little uh my head's a little foggy. Shit. but awesome. um but moving on to the Saturday to the Saturday race so the 15k classic we'll just keep mm-hmm. it super super tight here like yeah Ivo Niskanen puts on a clinic what a race wins the 15k classic in, in great style. I saw some video clips. Like, I mean, if, if kids want to know how to diagonal stride or like want to have someone to model after diagonal striding, like, I mean, geez, Ivo Niskanen when he's on form is, is something to behold, especially in the diagonal striding. No, no surprise that he won at home there. Um, but I thought, I thought also too, like uh, Remy's not on the podcast right now, but Remy drolet, who's a second year senior. I thought he had a fantastic race. He had a really tough first year senior last year. Like, First year senior last year, a lot of lot of hype, you know what I mean? Like Gus Schumacher had a yeah, lot of hype too, because yeah, yeah. he's world junior champ. But Remy was fourth at World Juniors and came into his opening World Cup season with like high expectations and, and just wasn't able to wasn't able to deliver. And and in that fifteen K classic, he ended up fifteenth. Which might not sound like much, but there's like there's big names around him, and he he you know he's beating guys like Daniel Stock, who's been top five in the World Cup, and some yeah. Russian guys too. Of course, like you said, Russ, there's just so many Russians there. Um, mm. A little tougher day for you in the classic race, but still, like I, I, <clears throat> again, like what were the conditions like there? I mean, you said in the sprint that it started snowing, and like waxing makes yeah. just such a huge deal, uh, and it'd be yeah. a to 15k classic, and it's it's like a you know really scrappy waxing for you guys with not much support there. Um how do you want to talk us through that race a little bit?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I mean yeah, Evo. like everyone should watch him for sure. And I mean to Remy's thing, I'm pumped on Remy. It was a sick day for him, I think. He uh we definitely got his skis more right than our own, I guess in the end. But uh he he was skiing really well and he pushed super hard he is right up there and like last year he was he was in school in Harvard like you have to remember that he was like literally waking i i roomed with him and he woke up and solved a math equation in the middle of the night that is like einstein like i don't even know what he's doing you know he's like trying to explain it to me and it's yeah like the mental um, effort to go through Harvard and World Cup I mean, you know well enough, Kershey, Like, yeah, World Cup crazy. is mentally tough enough. And then to have oh, Harvard yeah. on top, it was just, like, it was too much, I think. And this year he's taking, uh, I think, a gap year or something like that. And so he's, he's more focused on skiing. And I think it's showing already. You know, it's early season. But uh, it's good to see that he's, like, up there for... And the waxing conditions were a little tough. It was, like, a greasy track, a bit warmer, you know, like, <laughs> man-made just a little tricky so for me we missed the wax and like it wasn't the result I wanted but it was I was happy with the place with all, everything considered um but like again it's hard to compete with wax trucks and <laughs> we're in there with uh actually Finn Hoggins um wax tech was in the same room as us and he's like you guys are doing pretty well plus like we're all testing our own skis in the morning. (laughs) Me and Nish are going out and like pounding out zone three before the race for an hour, trying to find a wax. So it's not the easiest, but it's kind of fun and uh, yeah, good time. So, but yeah, super stoked to see Ram up there. And I was actually super impressed with like Rich as well. Like he's known more as a sprinter, but he held his own in that one. So yes, I'm psyched to see them up there and again, all the Russians just strong. I mean, predictably strong, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, it was expected. Um, Bolshinov was there. I don't know. He's not, he wasn't racing. I think he was taking it off for, I heard he had, like, a tooth issue or something. Yeah, he's had,
1: you know what, he's had a couple of, like, this is going to sound way hardcore, way more hardcore than it should, but, like, it hasn't just been, like, small tooth surgeries. He's had, like, some serious teeth issues and he's gone through two oral surgeries this fall so he's missed actually like quite yeah. a bit of training but everyone says yeah. everyone that's been seeing him says like he doesn't look like he's missed that much of his fitness apparently he's just wasting no. like, around but he's he's uh taking he it easy with good. his energy yeah Wait, taking it easy yeah. with his energy management <laughs>
0: what, so what is the deal do they not fluorinate the water in russia or like they might not i mean who
1: knows what's in that water but you know what i will say like if, if this if this is if this i think i told this story a couple years ago or something but like Ivan Babikov, the guy, when he first came to Canada, his sport drink was white sugar. And I mean, like, a shit ton of white sugar, boiling water and, like, raspberry or strawberry jam in a water belt and, like, shaking around. So if that's what you're rocking, like, as you train five hours a day since, I mean, when did Bolshanov start training five hours a day when he was, like, seven, you know? I mean, that's going to do a number on your teeth. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that's not the best. I mean, sport drink's not the best for your teeth. But but uh, like granular white sugar, boiling water and jam that uh, that's I'm not really that surprised that Bolshanov is struggling with his teeth. If uh, if um, Ivan could be any example of of what scrappy sport drink is for young Russian teenagers. The, uh,
0: the Devin Kershaw show brought to you by Crest Toothpaste and uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, Sensodyne sports drink. Um, yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, but it's, uh, but but, but Bolshenov is a beast, but you're right, Russ. They were, the Russians are great. I mean, on the women's side, too, you know, we we should touch on that or whatever. Like, Nepriyeva won the classic race, Serena was second, and uh, Victoria Carl also had a great classic race, and and she finished third, which is, uh, Victoria Carl's the German. So, like Russ said, the, the whole German team's there. And it's good to see, I mean, to be perfectly frank, it's only the Russian women's team is like, they're solid, you know? but it's hard to see the you know it's i'd like to see the it's cool. like i looked at the results and i'm like wow the german women really had a great weekend but i'm like, oh and the norwegians aren't there the swedes aren't there like you just it's not a world cup yet we, we don't really know but I, so i'm really cheering for the german women to really pick up their socks and the, and the german men just got like they just got crushed this weekend uh, but they've had they've had a lot of tough years in
0: a row so anyway we're going to take a little break here. This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center. www.mtbachelor.com.
1: Moving on to the last race 15K skate, the Rush man delivers. The Ross delivers yeah. a big one. That was an w- amazing race, top 10 in Munio, beating huge names. Like, you know, when you're beating Belov, you're crushing Finn, Hog, and Crow, you're like, you're, and right, mixing it right in there. Like, Ivo Niskanen some people that haven't followed maybe the world cup so closely might have been surprised to see him win but don't be he was he was second in 15k skates in the world cup uh, in his career now he's when he's on his best he's he's quite a great skate skier as well he's not as pretty like his technique isn't quite as beautiful to watch as his classic in skate but he's still an incredibly hot, i mean you don't medal in the world cup in individual start skate races if you're not good so not a big surprise to see him when Ustigov's back up there, but Russ, top ten men in Munio, like that must have been like with all the COVID stuff that's been going on and all like everything, yeah. like the uncertainty. And like you said, you guys are waxing your own skis essentially, with like what Denise is doing a great job. Eric Denise, the the new new hire for the Canadian team, is over there and he's done a great job with the skis and Brian and, and Graham Nishkow and stuff. Of course, it's a team effort. But regardless. You're competing against these armadas and to be top 10 in a race like that like what's that mean to you
2: yeah i mean it was sweet like we weren't well, while we were testing fluoros in the morning and like we found a pretty good mixture and uh we were stoked on it we we're like okay these are and we think they're good you know but you never know where you start <laughs> but uh it was i i knew like this has been my best training season ever and i knew that so i was a little disappointed in the classic because i was like you know you never want to go into world cup season into your first world cup without knowing your form is somewhere close to where you want it to be and uh so that like that race was really really important for me i feel like just to uh just to see that, like, know, be confident in my training and know that it's, like, going to carry me if I need it. And, uh, yeah, the form felt super good, and I kind of got stuck without any rides, so that was awesome, like, to know that by myself I can be up there was sweet, and everything just clicked that day, and skis were good. It was awesome. It was sweet to see. I'm stoked on it, and I'm excited for uh, Ruka now, so just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, you should be really proud of yourself. Like that's a, that's a great, yeah, thanks, man. That, that's thanks. A, that was just such a wonderful race to, to see the results from. And, and I, I think you mentioned something that is kind of important that maybe people that don't follow skiing, like super closely don't understand. Like, so you had an early bib, so you started quite early in the field. So not only did you not get any help because it's, it's on loops, these races are on loops, it's not like you go in 15 K loop, You you know, you're on shorter loops. Um, but if you start so early, like you're not, you're not really going to get those rides as they come in. Like you can't lap while somebody's starting. It all depends on luck really and timing, but then also you don't get information. Like that's the thing that I, that is super impressed. Like to be top 10 in a race like that, to be ninth, to start early, to not have any help, like, skiing behind people, that, that makes a huge difference early in the season. Um, just to get the rhythm and the technique and, like, okay, oh, shit, this is how I actually have to attack over hills, that, that kind of stuff. You can learn a lot by by skiing with some, some guys that are lapping through. But not only that, like, you had no information out there. Like, it was, like... You're doing this totally yeah. by yourself. So that take a lot of confidence into that and, and yeah, bring that forward. Cause that that's uh, gonna pay major dividends in the races to come. It it's a great performance.
2: Yeah, it's, it's always hard to like I mean it was luck of the draw. Like I was coming through around Ustian and Niskanen. so I was like, man, if I hit this right, <laughs> it's gonna it could be a great day. And I was getting slips, so I was weeding. Of the field that I was in, but like you don't know what that means, you know, until when you have <laughs> 10, 15 World Cup starters behind you that are like names like Melichenko and, you know, Niskinin and Usti. So I was super pumped to hold my own with like little knowledge and. I was a little bummed when I came through. <laughs> There's no Mustiagaff or like anyone, you know. I was like, Come on, <laughs> please, please. But uh I kinda kept it going and super happy with how it turned out. Like uh, the form's been good all year,
1: so uh I was glad to see it like lay it down in a race and know that it have that confidence now. So yeah. Um, that's awesome and i'm I'm really looking forward to cheering you on i'm I'm pumped to see ruka starting and and everyone's pumped to see the world cup get going i mean it's just it's such an important it's such an important year with the with the championships in in beijing at the olympics um so there's gonna be a lot of a lot of excitement and it's great to see canada field some can you can you tell us who's gonna be on period one with you i know but the the the, uh seven listeners of this podcast don't know so who's who's, gonna uh Who's going to join you for for Ruka and then in towards Christmas there? Uh, Yeah, I'm actually not positive exactly who's in Ruka
2: because people have been bouncing around on that one. But I'm pretty sure that it's me, Tony, Antoine, Sierra, um, Daria, or no, Daria's skipping it, I think. Well, maybe you should say Ruka.
1: <laughs> we can just say the World Cup because Daria and Maya—they're going to—they're—they're they're coming here to Norway to do similar region. Yeah, cups, yeah. Uh, instead of doing. Yeah, I got Cup. a little confused on. that but, I yeah. know, like the group, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I didn't mean to put you. On the <laughs> <spot>. <laughs> no, but I just meant like, yeah, but There's a number of there's a number of men and women from Canada that are coming. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Gonna do um, World Cup well,
2: Christmas. Yeah. And Olivier, like the, like he crushed it last year at World Juniors. So that would be sweet to see what, yeah, Yeah. insane results. So I'm excited to see what he can do on World Cup. Uh, Rich will be there, not in Ruka, but later on. Um, Hopefully he can throw together another good sprint like last year through one Uh, team sprint was amazing and um, also in the OSM sprint. So he'll be good. Uh, Catherine Maya, Sundrine, that girl seems do it coming up slowly, you know, they're working strong together. So yeah, we'll see. Should be a fun, fun crew. I'm probably forgetting someone. <laughs> no no. I mean you I think you covered it. You got yeah. it pretty well Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So. but all the all the guys are here now in Yalabari and um yeah, I think that, that we got some good like stoke going around. So we'll see
1: how it goes here. Nice. How's it? Is you still? I heard like I've I've read and seen some photos that Galivari also has quite a bit of snow and it looks good. But uh, yeah. out your window, what's it look like? It looks dark probably, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's. What's I the mean, snow look like we, there? We got here at night, but it looked good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, we
2: just got here and got some pizzas and <laughs> some sodas and uh yeah, uh it looks like quite a bit of snow though and like it's hard to tell exactly how much but i've heard like it's pretty good we talked to peter larson and he said it's been a really really good season so far so hopefully the the tourist trails are a bit
1: are good and we can get some some volume in nice i mean cool. yeah that, that, and the, the, for people at home these big big races so munoz uh, the first one the account and then this weekend you have gallivari is the swedish opener so for the swedes to make get a spot on the world cup they all paths go They begins in gallivari your path to the olympics yeah. begins in Galavari if you have a swedish passport um and by the stolen of course in here in norway is like the, the olympics before the olympics it's a huge deal it's a bigger deal than world cups so honestly it's crazy um and the same thing like to, to qualify to get on to the world cup and then get to the olympics like we said already it it uh start at these big big races so it's cool that you guys are there and um yeah you'll get a get a break it sounds like this weekend russ but there's ruka's coming and there's a lot of races before christmas oh yeah it's gonna be a big period so we'll see how everyone goes
0: (laughs) was uh was was there anything else from uh from the women's that last women's race the 10k skate that we should uh yeah i can i can just say like we said it
1: already because parmakowski the finn hometown hero she's not not from Munya but she's finnish uh, she won, and it was a nail-biter. She beat Neprieva, just sneaked by Neprieva, who's was second, um, and both those women are just, they're just such big names, so to see them go one, two, close like that is really good, because, I mean, Neprieva's been really strong the last couple, last couple seasons, for sure, and Parmakowski I means she's medals in the last Olympics, and uh, she's, you know, the huge medals at the World Championships and World Cups and everything. Um, but she struggled a bit last year, and so it's cool to see her open open the season with a win there. So that's uh, be good, good competition for those American girls uh, in a couple weeks, which is just makes it fun for us to watch at home.
0: I have um I have a couple questions. Um one is uh Rita Lisa Ropanen is still racing at like age forty-three, she was a minute out, um, which is badass. Um, I don't know if you have any I know she was in the US for a little while. I don't know if you have any observations about that, Devin.
1: Yeah, I think mean, it's crazy. I mean, but like, dude, she was on the relay team that won a medal last year. Think about that. Yeah, so, like that was crazy. I mean, where where <laughs> she gets yeah, isn't that crazy, rossi Like, yeah,
2: so, that was her,
1: impressive. Wherever she's getting her motivation from, her and Jean-Marc Gaillard, there's a French skier that is also 41. Well, he's two years younger than Rita Lisa Ropeman, but still rocking it on the World Cup and stuff. I don't know where these guys and girls get their motivation from, but like I would love to have some of that because, like, I mean, R- Nishi's over there too. Like Graham Nishikawa was... is still putting on the start, start, start bib at, at the right bowl <laughs> yeah. there, 38. So I mean, well, he's not 38 yet, but he's 38 in a couple of days, and um, he's. Uh, He's still smashing. So, I mean, people got a lot of motivation, but I'm impressed, like you said, Nat. I mean, like, Rita Lisa Ropin, and that's a name, that's a blast. It should be a blast from the past, but she, she's still, the fact that she's one of the four best women in Finland, it's actually kind of a sad state of affairs, I think. Like, nothing against Rita Lisa. She's super good She'll say it herself. It's like, um, the fact that she's still able to be one of the four best women in Sweden in distance, hats off to her amazing performances by her but also like i think it also says something about the state of of uh, development in the finnish women's cross-country program which if i was an uh, administrator in that program i'd be a little worried
0: so then one other my one other observation I, I sent you a text about this Devin. but um we've got the i think younger uh son of Andrew verpalu the kind of disgraced uh i, I don't want to like libel him because i don't know what the final but you know certainly high doping yeah. suspicion and then his son was busted in that like raid and I forget world championships. And now we've got like the other son that hasn't been busted yeah. that I looked up has a great throw of hair, but you know, as far as a pedigree for being a clean athlete, he's, he's racing over in Monio. So what's going on there, Devin?
1: Yeah. Like to me, uh,
0: like that, that's like, that's bonkers to me.
1: Like that's straight up bonkers. Like you said, Andreas Verpalu's son by the same name got busted in 2019 in that blood doping ring. And who gave him the names of all that? His dad, like, this is just crazy. Like what kind of father dopes their son who actually sucks. Like at least Andreas the like the elder is good. I mean, like he's, he was Olympic champion multiple times, world champion. He was a beautiful classic skier. He's like a total boss. He cheated. Yeah. But he was like, he was winning. Um, that doesn't excuse the cheating by the way but like his son was a (laughs) hacker i mean like he was shitty like no offense but i mean like you're blood doping and you can't come top 40 in a world cup like that's uh yeah that's crazy um but also that his dad and his dad's old coach were the ones that were like set it all up for him and doing that and and then so he's disgraced and that the fact that like his youngest son is still cross-country ski racing. He's just, like, so mind-boggling. But I also feel bad for the youngest son, too.
0: right? Really? Because, like,
1: what happens if he just loves skiing, man? Like, and his brother's a piece of shit, and his dad made some bad choices. And, like, you know, he's just like, fuck, I just want to ski, you know? I mean, so I-, you gotta, I don't know him, so, like, you got to feel for him. But I, I would hate to be on the start list of anything with the last name Burpaloo right now. I don't know. <laughs> What's the vibes there, Russ, with that? we
2: were trying to figure it out because we were like, wait, is like, we were, we didn't realize he had two sons and we were confused on, uh, like, who's this other verbal?
0: Well, and like their names, it's like the father is Andrews and the older son is Andreas and the younger son is Anders. And it's like, is there a little bit of a cult of names here? Like, what is going on?
2: Yeah. We thought the the older son got excused and he was back and we're like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, he's, I mean... I hope he's just passionate for that scheme, You <laughs> got
0: I guess. You got to check out his Instagram. There's some good uh, portrait photos on there. I mean, I like coming at this from the sort of journalistic, yeah. like fact-based, you know, standpoint, I'm like, I, you know, I totally agree. It's like, if I were racing again, if I were one spot down from whatever Anders Virpalu on the results sheet, I'd be like. Fuck this like i'm taking this to fist but also like as the journalistic like whatever fact-based person i'm like he didn't he didn't test positive like what can you do like you know all siblings of uh, dopers and sons of dopers like you just gotta hope the blood passport works i guess
1: Yeah, but you also like, you got to be innocent until proven guilty. And like, I know I just like, like shot from the hip a little bit there, like joking around. I was, I'm not that joking though. I mean, like, getting caught blood doping, like, and your dad and your dad's old coach were the ones that set you up with it. I mean, like, that's, that's bonkers is what that is well
0: and you're like so, surely 17 year old anders is is on the straight and narrow after his teenage. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but he might be though like but he, right. but he, you know what he probably is like he probably is at that age because he's also not very good and like so you have you know but it's uh but i i you know to be honest like i think it's comical the tragic tragically comical that he's like still like there's still a purple name on results page after all this I do feel for him because if he just loves Nordic racing, like he just loves it for himself. And it's not like a family legacy thing. He just like really, really loves the sport and he wants to see how far he can go. The fact that your dad and your other brother are like, total pos's with this whole thing with with cheating and stuff that's going to make your path to, towards your goals really tough and i really feel for them honestly it's, i do
0: it's like yeah. it's like imagine being john wilkes booth the second and trying to you know make your way yeah. through the world or whatever yeah, yeah. well um, it's also hard because like
2: the well you know Kershey, but the scandinavian company like countries uh skiing is like so in the blood at like Oh, yeah. Like, Finland, there's just trails right out of town for, like, hundreds of kilometers. Like, it's it's so fun up here. And, like, it's hard to describe to someone who's not used to it. Like, skiing from for your sir. hotel for 300K in Munio. Like, last year we went, or we had a really good snow year, and we went into the national park. Like, wow, that was a three-hour ski. And we, like, looked at where we were, and it was this tiny little blip on this huge map of trails. And so it's, like... You know, he's doing it with his buddies and then, yeah. his dad's doping and, like,
1: ruining his fun kind of sucks a bit. Yeah, it totally sucks, man. I agree with you, and that yeah. is, it's hard. Like, it's, it's part of your culture totally, and, and um, you know, you got to just... Uh, and yeah. On that note, actually, I was surprised there weren't more fins
2: in know this year. The past years has been quite a bit more, and there was, like, that was one thing missing. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, Hakala wasn't here, Mackie... Um, two girls whose names i can't remember right now but jasmine yasmin or something like that and and they're somewhere else right now so Malahu. i don't know
1: Malahu. yeah well they were in yeah, yeah. There there's also fist races in bokadi so i don't know yeah, must yeah. Be like something yeah. like uh, crazy
0: i can just give a quick breakdown so i you know i actually drove out uh on saturday to watch this uh the the what may be the best u.s uh best field on u.s soil this year at the race to the outhouse on uh saturday which was moved down from hatcher pass to the government peak uh ski area just out in the valley outside of anchorage uh super cold morning like zero degrees as we were uh driving across the hay flats and then uh you know maybe like five or ten at race start but uh whole pretty much the whole um alaska pacific university like elite team which is basically like half the us ski team out there so um women's race uh this was a classic race uh saw rosie brandon just like absolutely annihilate ski away from everyone in that field won a, a 10k race by like three minutes um over uh rosie frankowski and haley swerble which um you know pretty pretty legit result i think you know it sounded like rosie had a Good pair of skis she was using, whereas those other guys may not have been on, you know, kind of grassy type early, early season conditions. But still, I mean, that's like not messing around. And then had a pretty good um, tight men's race, sort of a throwdown between uh, Gus Schumacher, David Norris, and Hunter Wonders looking really good in there. Um, All just kind of fought it out all the way to the finish line, finished just kind of all within about a second or two. Um, so, so pretty fun spectating. Uh, I think Haley Swerble just nipped Rosie, uh, at the line for that 10 K and then yesterday they actually had a sprint TT that I did not get to, but sounded like, um, you know, Rosie was skiing well again. And then, uh, JC Schoonmaker also was looking pretty good out there, but, um, that's, that's kind of the rundown. Those guys are all heading over to Europe on uh, Wednesday, I believe.
1: Uh, it'll be fun. I mean, I think like uh, Russell. I mean, you grew up in the U.S. and stuff. You're, you're, you It's hard, it's crazy for me to say this because like, in in my eye, you'll always be so young, Rusty. But uh, yeah. you, you know, you're kind of like that generation <laughs> now. above. Yeah, you're old. I know. Yeah. Um, but you're in that generation <laughs> above now. Like you're in that of Amer- in the U.S. Like in the U.S. Really, like in that in that time period, like when you moved up to Canada and and you know made your made your way up here. Um the rush the the American men's scene was like really disjointed, not like just not working well at all. And it's been like that for so long in the US on the men's side of things, for like as a team, I mean. And now like all these names you just mentioned that, but also like just seeing how they operate together, training together. There's a lot of lot of major like excitement going on in the men's program in the US. I'm stoked, man. I'm i'm stoked to see what these american guys can do and they got they bring like a swagger dude like they, they have just like such an american <laughs> swagger russ you gotta you gotta get tap into that a little bit buddy you know you're too much like your dad yeah. i think like with the canadian <laughs> part like, like bring some of that american swagger um yeah bringing I think my I'm, mom the the mother's greek side and the american
2: and yeah, well, maybe a little right. too much. <laughs> you want, you, yeah. you, got to actually, you
1: still are in northern Finland. You're in northern Sweden, so yeah. like, like people don't yeah. talk for like four days when they're together in northern Sweden. So you got to keep it chill. I get it. I, yeah, I yeah. actually. Well, was... I mean, we we're
2: trying to figure out what the the word for excited is in Sweden and Finnish, and uh, yeah, I don't it think can. there is one. <laughs> oh, no, it can't be. It's like the same as like,
1: smiling in Spanish. Like, there can't be a Finnish name. There can't be a Finnish yeah, word yeah. for smiling. Or if there yeah. is, it's got to sound like pretty like hard. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, lots of consonants and vows in
1: that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I was going to say, I actually yeah. thought it was funny, you know, talking to some of these APU guys after that race and, and the women too. It's like, you know, they're all, I mean, I go there, I'm like, you know, I've been on the on the couch and in the, at the swimming pool and I'm like, yeah, I'm, that, that looks fast to me, but they're all like, yeah, it feels pretty good, but you know, hard to tell without any Norwegians and Finns around, and you're always just kind of wondering until you get on a plane and have that chance to kind of test yourself. So it's kind of interesting to hear, just that you know, little note of like, you know, we've been training all summer here. Don't really know, you know, feel th- we think we think we're good, but we don't know. And it, I guess that's why you put on a bib and race.
1: Yeah, and that's what's crazy, man. Like Russ just, but he spoke to that. A little- skiing is such a weird sport for that. Like you train your ass off like Russ, you're like, yeah, I had really good training season, best training season in my career. I think it's good. And then like maybe it was the skis, maybe just a little off on that classic race. Like, who knows, right? Like, doesn't who, who knows? Or it's yeah. a combination of everything. Yeah. And then you start questioning, like, oh like you you're chill, which is good. But like I would like, in yeah. my, my day, I'd be like, question everything. It's like, <laughs> maybe I'm not good. Like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like just take it easy. It's a long season, yeah. but it's uh it's a weird sport, right? Like running, you have times. If you're running these times on the track, you're in good shape. Like you know you can run like a certain range yeah. or, or swimming, same thing. Cycling, it's watts. Like, can you push these watts over this amount of time? You're gonna be you're gonna be good. Your power to weight ratio, you can do all that. Skiing there is a lot of excitement and a lot of uncertainty at this time of year for everyone. Yeah. So Oh, it's mean, just so it. humbling. Like you're like, Oh
2: yeah, I trained my ass off, like I'm gonna kill it. And then you get over and you're like okay, I'm 30. <laughs> like, I've got work to do, but yeah. Yeah. And just to like, like, it's kind of fun seeing the U.S. team, like you were saying, like growing up in it, me and David uh, Norris used to ski together and uh, Bjornson and all those guys. And like, I like to kind of call us the grinders. Cause we were just like kind of waiting for all the good guys to retire. <laughs> but uh, now seeing like the cohesiveness of the U.S. men's team, is awesome like they get out there and they're doing intensity together looking awesome when they get on the track at World Cup so I'm excited to see what they'll do this year.
0: We got anything else we need to cover? Charlotte Calla's honorary degree I feel like we could skip that Yeah we could. I mean like the only thing
1: I can't skip is like man that's a, well, I, I wanted to make a comment like that's an easier way to get a doctorate than what I'm doing but then I'm like you know what it so isn't because like you have <laughs> to win all those Olympic gold medals and like you have to win the Tour de Ski when you're, like, 21. You have All those World Cups you're winning, like, I mean, I don't know. So I think, you know what, give her the – get Lulio University, give her two. Give I, her two honorary doctors.
0: I thought <laughs> it was funny because I was, you know, so I was talking to Devin the other day, and I was like, you know, what do I got to read to, like, get up to speed? And so I kind of went through, like, Swedish and Norwegian media. And like, there really wasn't a lot there except for, like, Charlotte Colin gets this – honorary degree and like you're reading google translate and it's like it basically got they summed it up and they're like you know we gave charlotte call was very deserving of this honorary degree because she slays on cross-country skis and like that's about it
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but you know what It, it that's that's good the swedish media doesn't want to just put any more of like apocalyptic covid news so it's great to like cheer cheer up the people and we're living in the dark
0: over here actually i'd love to ask i am curious about that um russell like uh just you know tell yeah. us a little bit like you know do the russians don't not believe in covid and like nobody wears masks over there or like what's going on are people kind of freaked out still or is it basically back to normal
2: Uh, um, i mean no i mean we're all you know, Nordic seas we're all germaphobes. So we're like kind of down with the mask scene. (laughs) If it means that we're going to stay healthy for the season, like one cold can really ruin your World Cup overall chances or anything. So they're all pretty good. I mean, there's definitely the wax tech with his nose hanging out in the (laughs) food room or all that sort of stuff. And I mean, it's, but we've all been pretty good. Definitely coming to Sweden, no one cares in sweden at all it's a it's a different vibe for sure like in finland people in the grocery store are still wearing masks they're cautious and here it's like no one cares (laughs) but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see this year i mean it's definitely not really gone like it sounds like it's pretty bad in germany right now and stuff so We'll see i guess the i think on the ski team it sounds like we're going back into a bubble so it, it should be good but uh and we were talking to the swix guys came over like uh we talked to them a bunch and um they've been super careful so we're all hoping everyone's careful but you never
0: know <laughs> is there any kind of like vaccine requirement for and for teams or for the for the world cup circuit at this point no
2: uh, as far as I know, no. I haven't been asked for that, but we do have to get a COVID test and enter the this bubble again. So when I get to Rook on Tuesday, we have a test in the morning, regardless if you're vaccinated or not. So, yeah. I think most, I, I mean, I think, I, I hope most of us are, but I would guess quite a few are
1: vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, if they're not, like, this doesn't have that for the World Cup, nothing that I've read yeah. when I was looking through that, But but the Olympics sure do. So oh, yeah. if you want well, to get, if you want to do. get to Beijing, <laughs> no, no. But yeah. if you want to get to, if you want to get to Beijing, like you better, yeah. you're not getting on that plane. If you're not, uh, if you can't. You have
2: to quarantine it. for 21 yeah, exactly. days. It's 28 <laughs> days. 28 days. 28? Okay. Yeah. So you just missed the whole
1: thing. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> exactly. No, no, enjoy it. You sh- enjoy it. You show yeah. up in January
0: and yeah. you have 28 days of roller <laughs> ski treadmill workouts. If you're uh, Norway yeah. or something. So
1: Russ, really great to catch up with you buddy thanks for coming on and good congratulations again and good luck moving forward give everyone a big high five and um we'll we'll be following along thanks a lot man thanks man yeah thanks for having me on